Iri Nini Enchen, I make a greeting for you. Welcome back to the History of Egypt podcast. This is a bonus episode, in which we cover an interesting project that recently came to my attention. At the end of 2023, the Czech musical project Nemwer released a new concept album based on the Egyptian Book of the Dead. The Book of the Dead, or the ancient title, The Book of Going Forth by Day, is probably the most famous work of funerary literature from ancient Egypt. And this text, which helps guide the deceased souls through the afterlife, has been an inspiration for writers and creatives in numerous media forms across many decades. There are many creative projects, films, music, and novels that take inspiration from ancient Egyptian society, history, and mythology. So you may be wondering, What's so special about this one? The reason this album stands out is how it approaches the ancient Egyptian language. First of all, the band does not use any English lyrics within the compositions. Everything is 100% ancient Egyptian, taken from the transliterations and translations of the Book of the Dead. More importantly, the band themselves partnered with an Egyptologist to create a more nuanced and, in some respects, accurate pronunciation of the ancient language. Whenever you hear ancient Egyptian, say in films or music, or see it written in a novel, you will often find it done in the Egyptological standard. This is the form of ancient Egyptian that academics use, but that style is based less on the pronunciation and more on the consonants and grammar of the language, and especially how those consonants and grammatical features can be translated into modern languages like French, German, and English. But for all that, the spoken language of ancient Egypt does have its descendants. Most importantly, the Coptic language, spoken by a significant population within Egypt, is a direct descendant and derivative of the ancient Egyptian style. The Coptic language has been influenced by other tongues over the centuries, but it still retains many of the same words, constructions, and even, yes, pronunciations from the ancient Egyptian form. To be clear, that is a massive subject for scholarly investigation, and academic approaches to the Coptic language and its relationship to ancient Egyptian are still a long-term project. But for the purposes of this album, The Book of Going Forth by Day, by Nemwer, These reconstructions have been significantly advanced by the work of an Egyptologist named Christian de Vartevan. Dr. Christian de Vartevan is an Armenian-born Egyptologist who is now based in London. We have seen his work on the podcast before, although you might not realize it. Dr. de Vartevan's book, The Hidden Fields of Tutankhamun, analyzed the plant remains from that king's tomb and I used it extensively in my research about Tutankhamun, his life, and his monument, which is so famous today. Besides that project, Dr. Tavatavan has been undertaking a long-form study of the ancient Egyptian language, with the primary goal of bringing greater attention to the nuances of the language itself, and its relationship to modern Coptic and other languages of the ancient world. This project reached its first flowering in 2016, with Dr. Devartavan's publication of the Vocalized Dictionary of Ancient Egyptian. The Vocalized Dictionary is a new study of the ancient language, 
which places a far greater emphasis on reconstructing pronunciations. The book was first published in 2016 and subsequently updated in 2022, following new research. And Dr. Devatavan has made this available in open access, which I'll link in the episode description. Bringing this all back around, Dr. Devatavan's research was a crucial part of Nemwer's approach to the Egyptian Book of the Dead, and the band consulted with Dr. Vatavan in their reconstruction of the ancient Egyptian language. The goal, simply, was to produce a performance and lyrics that more accurately reflected the current understanding of ancient pronunciation, or at least the pronunciation as best as it can still be reconstructed. This gives the album and its performance an unusual level of nuance when it comes to the ancient language. Rather than relying on modern translations, or the Egyptological style of pronunciation, Nemwer's album takes a new approach, something that is, hopefully, more evocative and more closely resembles the ancient forms. For this episode, we have two distinct sections. First, I want to introduce some of the songs from the album, and give you some of their context from the ancient Egyptian Book of the Dead. Hopefully, this will give listeners a greater appreciation for the performance itself, and for the journey which the album follows. Then, we have a discussion with the musician, Michael Zahn, and the Egyptological consultant, Dr. Christian de Vatavan. Michael and Christian joined the podcast to discuss the vocalization of the ancient Egyptian language, its performance in music and its relationship to temple rituals, and how the reconstructed language can be a powerful tool for educating and connecting people with the cultures of the ancient past. So this episode is partly an introduction to the album and the Book of the Dead from which it draws its inspiration. It is also a discussion of the scholarship behind such a reconstruction, and how the investigation of the ancient Egyptian language might develop in new paths. So that's the gist of what this is about. Before we continue though, I should offer a couple of important disclaimers. First of all, this is not a paid advertisement. I am not receiving any money from the band, nor any compensation for producing this episode. The band did provide me with a copy of the audio files to their album, with permission to use them on the podcast. But beyond that simple transfer, I am not receiving anything in the way of commission. The second disclaimer concerns the language and the pronunciation of the ancient Egyptian. I am not a linguistic scholar. I studied Egyptian hieroglyphs as part of my undergraduate and postgraduate education, but the field of linguistics is a very, very deep affair. I have not pursued it to the level of a linguistic scholar, and thus I cannot professionally comment on the accuracy of Dr. Devatavan's reconstructions. Dr. Devatavan's work is an interesting step in a relatively new direction, but his publications are quite young, and to the best of my knowledge, the Egyptological community has not yet had time to properly digest and respond to this work in a thoughtful, scholarly fashion. In short, I think Dr. Devatavan's work is interesting, but I can't vouch for the linguistic nuances. That is simply beyond my specialization. Anyway, all of that out of the way. Let's begin exploring the ancient Egyptian Book of Going Forth by Day, more commonly known as the Book of the Dead, with language reconstructed by Dr. Christian de Vatavan and performed by the band Nemwer.
The first song is titled Anubis Embrace. The text for this song comes from the Book of the Dead, chapter 99, which originally was also coffin text number 404. The English translation is, I have come to see my father, Osiris. May the transfigured spirit, or Ach, who is my brother, come. Bring me, do not make me boatless. In classic academic Egyptian, it might sound like Eni ermai itef usir, iyi ach senni, yinwi em yuia. In Nemwe's rendition, it sounds like this. To give an idea of the difference between the pronunciations, Nemue's version, apart from the singing element, pronounces Eotef Usir, Father Osiris, more like Eoterosara. And for my brother, an Egyptologist might say Senni, but in the vocalized form that Nemuer uses, it is more like Sani. Leaving aside the singing element, which gives a slight liturgical or church-like atmosphere, The pronunciations are quite different. Fundamentally, this reflects priorities. Egyptologists are usually reconstructing the language to better understand its grammar and achieve more exact or perfect translations. But when a researcher like Dr. Devadavan tackles it explicitly from the perspective of pronunciation, you can get quite different sounds. I'm not going to highlight the differences for every single lyric, but this gives at least an introductory idea, and hopefully you'll notice the differences yourself as we move through the songs. The second song is titled Sailing to the Underworld, and it is derived from chapter 145 in the Book of the Dead. Within the book, this chapter describes the approach to 14 gateways, which are part of the defences or the passageways through the underworld. The lyrics in Nemwer's song say, I know you, I know your name, I know the one who is within you, I know the name of the god who is guarding you, make a way for me. In Egyptological pronunciation, it would sound something like Yuwi rek ten rek hui renet, rek hui neti em genut, rek hui ren en necher saa chen, ir eni wat. In Nemwer and Devatavan's vocalized form, it sounds more like this.
The third song is titled Gates of Duat, or Gates of the Underworld. It comes from chapter 78 in the Book of the Dead, which is the formula for taking the form of a divine falcon. In English, the lyrics are, It is I, I am the transfigured spirit who is in the light, the one whom Atum created himself. In forms from the root of his Atum's eye, may the gods of the underworld fear me, may they battle at their gates over me. In Egyptological pronunciation, it would sound something like Inek pu inek ach, imi aku, kamain item jesef, cheperu em wab en irit f, sened eni necheru duat, acha sen arut sen cheri. Nemoer's performance goes as follows. fourth song is titled Sun God Ra's Solar Bark. It comes from chapter 130 in the Book of the Dead, the formula for making an effective spirit. Originally, this was also coffin text number 1065. The English lyrics say, Open sky, open earth, open west, open east, open chapel of southern Egypt, Open chapel of northern Egypt. Open the doors, part the doorways. For Ra, that he may go out from the horizon. I am Ra and Osiris. Praise to you, Ra, in the horizon. In Egyptological pronunciation, this would go, Wen pet, wen ta, wen imentet, wen iabetet, wen iteret shemat. When iteret mechet, when awi sen sabau, iau enekra em achet. Here is how Nemwer performs it. The fifth song is titled Repelling Apophis. It comes from chapter 39 in the Book of the Dead, the formula for repelling the serpent, Apophis, in the God's Land. The English lyrics say, Back, Apophis, the enemy of Ra. Fall, slip down, Apep, enemy of Ra. I am Atum, who is before the primeval water. I am the secret named, the sacred throned, one who is beyond millions. Leave, swim to the lake of Nun. In Egyptological pronunciation, this would go something like Harek apep hefti enra, Kher seben apep hefti enra. 
Inek atum gentinun, inek sestaren jesser set gehu, is mechek er shenenu. For Nemuer and Dr. Devatavan, it sounds more like this. Hak apope, hafta nara. That one's pretty sick, I have to say. You can hear the influence of Carl Sanders or the band Nile in this particular track, although it's far less death metal than Nile was. The sixth song is titled Falcon of Gold Transformation. It comes from chapter 77, the formula for taking the form of a falcon of gold. The English lyrics go as follows. I am risen, I am risen, as a great falcon going out from its egg. I have flown up, I have alighted, as a falcon of four cubits in its back. Its two wings are made of fine-grained green stone. In Egyptological pronunciation, this might sound something like Yui ha kui sepsen em bik a per em suchet f pa eni geneneni em bik en mech fed em peseref den hui fi em waj shema. For Nemwer, the formula goes as follows. Song number seven is titled Obey Me, My Heart. It comes from chapter 27, the formula for preventing the theft of the front heart. The English lyrics say, Mine is my heart, I am in power over it. It will not say that which I have not done. I am the one who has power over his own limbs. Obey me, my heart, for I am your Lord, and you are in my body. The Egyptological language would go something like Ebni Sechemkui MF Nen Jedef Iretenni Innek Sechem M Autef Jesef Sechem Enni Ebi Innek Nebek Yuech Mcheti. For those unaware, the basic idea here is that your heart is going to testify on your behalf when you reach the next world. But you don't want it saying falsehoods, or even revealing darker secrets that you may be carrying. To do so would risk utter and eternal destruction. So it's a serious affair. At the same time though, I can't help but find the Egyptian phrasing ever so slightly funny. The idea of arguing directly with your heart and trying to remind it, hey, you're in my body, you do what I say. It conjures an image of a Looney Tunes character furiously beating their chest while their heart thumps way too loudly. But poker faces, please. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is a serious moment. Oh, and volume warning for this particular track. You might want to turn down your headphones slightly. suitably dramatic note, we will take a quick break. We are now halfway through the track listing and my commentary on the lyrics and the background. After the break, we will continue exploring the songs and the Book of the Dead, and then we will have our interview with the band Nemwer and their Egyptological consultant, Dr. Christian de Vatavan. That is after the break. See you in a moment. And now, part two in our journey through a musical Book of the Dead. The eighth song is titled The Hall of Ma'at. It comes from chapter 125, the formula for not rotting in the gods' land. The English passages say, Hail to you, those gods, who are in the broad hall of the two goddesses of Ma'at. I know you, I know your names. I have done that which is Ma'at for the Lord of Ma'at. I am pure. An Egyptologist might read it as Inej Herchen Necheru Ippu, Immiu Wesket Ten Net Mati. Yui Rechqui Chen Rechqui Renuchen, Hernetet Ireni Ma'at en Neb Ma'at. Yui Wabqui. For Nemwer, the Hall of Ma'at sounds something like this. The ninth song is titled Opening of the Mouth Ritual. It comes from chapters 21 and 22, both of which are titled The Formula for Giving the Mouth or Speech to the Deceased. 
In English, the lyrics say, Guide me and my heart at its hour of injury in the night. My mouth is given to me so that I may speak with it in the presence of every god of the Duat. I have come before you, those who are effective and pure. My mouth is open by the god Pita. A modern speaker might read these lyrics as Seshem we ibi er wenutef nebdet gerech. You ready eni eri medui imef. Em bach necher neb duat. Ieni herek achti wabti. Wen eri in petech. For Nemwer, the opening of the mouth goes as follows. Tenth song is simply titled Khepri. This refers to the scarab deity, who is the incarnation of Ra at the dawning of the day. The phrase Khepri or Keper is also a verb meaning to appear, so the name of this god contains the essence of what he conveys the appearance of the sun and the appearance of a new day. The English lyrics for this song are I am Khepri. I am existing, existing, I am alive, alive. Come then, my air is more powerful than you, O Lord of air. For I am strong, strong, I am golden as the Lord of the burial. I have awoken in peace. A modern pronunciation might sound something like Inek kepri, yui wenkui sepsen, ankkui sepsen. Mi erek sechem chawi erek neb chau, jedi erek, nebu kui em neb chesret, reseni em chetep. For Nemwer, the appearance of Kepri sounds like this. The 11th song is titled Meeting Osiris, and it comes from chapter 173, known as Horus Greets Osiris. The English lyrics say, I give you praise, O Lord of the gods, the sole god who lives on Ma'at. I have come before you to greet you, 
I have brought you that which is Ma'at. O Osiris, I am your son, Horus. I have come as Wen-Nefer, the lord of the sacred land. An Egyptological reading might sound like Di-Enek, Yau-Neb-Necheru, Wa-Ankh-Em-Ma'at, I-Yenni, Cherek, Nedji, Cherek, Inneni, Enek, Ma'at, Ha-Usir, Inek, Sa-Ek, Cher, I-Yenni, Em-Wen-Nefer, Neb-Ta-Jeseret. For Nemwer and Dr. Devatavan, the meeting between Horus and Osiris goes more like this. titled Rejoining Ka. It comes from chapter 105, the formula for satisfying or making peaceful, the Ka spirit of the deceased. In English, it says, Hail, my Ka, my lifetime. Behold, I am come before you. I am risen, powerful, with a mighty soul. As I flourish, my Ka spirit flourishes. As I flourish, they flourish, and my Ka flourishes like them. The keeper of the neck of Ra, which is given to those who are in the horizon. And my Ka flourishes like them. My Ka is supplied like them. Again, an Egyptological pronunciation might sound something like this. I nej herek ka i achawi mek wi i kwi herek. Ha kui weser kui, ba kui sachem kui, waj i waj sen, waj kai misen, jefa kai misen. Iri hehehi en ra redi en imiu achet, waj kai misen, jefa kai misen. For Nemwe, the satisfaction of the car sounds like this.
thirteenth song is titled Marsh of Reeds, which in Egyptian would be Iaru or Iaret. The English lyrics say, I have come in peace to your marsh, O oh, this marsh of reeds. I know that marsh of reeds, which is of Ra. I am great of wealth in the marsh of reeds. These passages come from a variety of chapters, numbers 109, 110, and 149. In Egyptological Egyptian, it would sound something like Iyenni em chetep er sechet chen, i sechet iarutui, yui rechui sechet iarutui netra, inekwer cheri em sechet iaru. For Nemwer, the entrance to the Marsh of Reeds sounds like this. Fourteenth and final song is titled Going Forth by Day. This comes from the title of the overall book, the book of Going Forth by Day, or Peret M. Heru. The lyrics for this song come from chapter 149 in the Book of the Dead. In English, they say, I raise a ladder to the sky among the gods, for I am one of them. I have spoken as a goose until the gods hear my cry. The reference to a goose is a rather obscure part of the Egyptian underworld mythology that I don't have time to get into right here, but suffice to say, the goose, and a deity known as the Great Honker or the Great Cackler, seems to be a core part of the resurrection motif. We'll cover the Great Honker in the future. In Egyptological pronunciation, the lyrics for this last song might sound like this. Chessi makhet er pet emem necheru, inek wa imsen, medueni em semen er sejmet necheru cherui. For Nemwe, the going forth by day comes to you like this. Those are the 14 chapters in Nemwer's Book of Going Forth by Day, a musical adaptation of passages from the Book of the Dead. The full text of the Book of the Dead, in all its various forms, would take many hours to recite. Archaeologists have recovered many examples of the Book of the Dead from various ancient Egyptian tombs. Some of these examples are incredibly long, dozens of meters long when fully unrolled. Suffice to say, a full recitation of the Book of the Dead, even just from one of these papyri, would take many, many hours. 
Now that we've explored the album, it's time for a brief interview, in which I sit down with Nemwera's lead composer, Michael Dan, and his Egyptological advisor, Dr. Christian Devatevan. We discussed the scholarship around the album, the vocalization of ancient Egyptian, as Dr. Devatevan presents it, and the implications that projects like this, the vocalization or the musical performance, can have for education and connecting people with the ancient world. It's an interesting discussion, and I hope you enjoy. Thank you, Michael and Dr. Devatavan, for joining me. It's a pleasure to have you both on and to discuss a very unusual but interesting project, which is a musical adaptation of the Egyptian Book of the Dead. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me again. I mean, it's a real pleasure to be here. Very good. So let me start with the most basic question, which will be for you, Michael. What drew you to the Book of the Dead specifically? Because your band has previously worked primarily with Norse mythology as their musical inspiration. So what, what brought you into the Egyptian sphere for this project? Well, my project then are basically pays tribute to all kinds of ancient civilizations. Mm-hmm. And uh, with each album, we focus on a different uh, culture. And this ancient Egyptian culture is the one that actually fascinates me the most. And since the very beginning, I wanted to make ancient Egyptian album. And actually, even the name of the project comes from ancient Egyptian word, Nemwer. Mm. So, but why Book of the Dead uh, specifically? Well, I wanted to give our listeners an experience they never had, had before. And I wanted to take them on a journey from first person. So this new album that I released quite recently, it actually takes them through all the all the paths, you know, starting from the first death mm-hmm. and then going through the underworlds and facing many trials, uh, dangers and darkness. Then, of course, going through the judgments, the transformations, uh, regaining senses and eventually transfiguration to one of the gods and, yes, going forward by day. Mm. And uh, for you, Dr. Devatavan, how did you become involved in the project specifically? Uh, I think it was on Michal's uh, request and invitation. I mean, uh, Michal is, is understood the uh, new methodology and its applications before mm-hmm. anyone else, as a matter in the general public, I mean. And I was pleased to help. Uh, I thought it was original. I thought, of course, that it was breaking ground where music is concerned. Nobody had ever heard before ancient Egyptian vocalizing music, as far as I know. Mm -hmm. There have been attempts to Mm -hmm. reconstruct ancient Egyptian music. Uh, Tutankhamun's trumpet was blown uh, live on BBC. You remember that, Mm -hmm. that episode? But I had never heard anyone vocalizing ancient Egyptian, particularly the Book of the Dead. And of course, the methodology I developed with my, in my book is new, and mm. it still has to be understood even by mm. the 
Egyptology uh, world. Mm. Right? See, it's very difficult when you basically say, you know what, for almost 200 years, we had diphthongs in front of our eyes and we didn't see them. That is, diphthongs is when you take one phoneme and another one sound and, or in another sound to make a third, which is different. Mm. So I'm simplifying for the for this is. And yeah, it's it's the new and also because there was almost there was no literature. I've been working on vocalizing and children since uh, prior 2009. The mm. first methodology I developed uh, was validated by the University of Montpellier and Professor Mathieu very early on. But then I developed a second methodology, which is simpler because the first one was extremely complex. And um, I, and the idea was to vocalize as many words as possible. And in the process, I discovered that, in my opinion, there are digraphs, that is diphthongs in ancient Egyptian, which exist in Coptic. It's not like mm. they, when they recreated, when they shifted from ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs to uh, the Coptic letters, which are based on the Greek alphabet increase of six sounds, you know, when they didn't also create the diphthong at the same time, that is in their mm -hmm. language, they spoke ancient Egyptian, they just mm -hmm. changed their script, and then suddenly they appear in, in the Coptic script and Coptic language, but we didn't know how to recognize them, except mm -hmm. one, the I and W, which in fact, Professor Mathieu and others have had understood a long time ago, uh, to pronounce to to be for some reason pronounced a. In fact, I wanted to ask Michel, how do you pronounce in Czech Vishil? The doctor, Professor Vishil, is the one who uh, wrote this Coptic etymological dictionary. I could never pronounce this his name properly, but Vishil, you know, Professor Vishil, etymological mm -hmm. dictionary is a it was a you know a first attempt to understand and that some ancient Egyptian. Uh, words had survived into Coptic unchanged, basically. And this is what I discovered myself. So yes, to go back to Michel, it was a, a wonderful idea. And um, I was glad to help. And so speaking on, let's say, let's start on the pronunciation and the elements you've highlighted. Michel's taken a very, an overtly musical approach to it in the sense that it's it's not a straight recitation, monotone, no, no. no nuance, it's, it's sung. The first question that comes to my mind when you're discussing this is, for the text that we have, say the Book of the Dead, Book of Gates, Amduat, things like that, in your head, when you study the language and when you imagine this being recited or performed either by a spirit in the next world or by a priest here on earth, do you imagine it being spoken or do you imagine it as something closer to singing? Oh, it is clearly sung. Mm. I mean, the daily ritual, I mean, of course, mm. we need to prove that. Sure. But um, the way the daily ritual is structured and the way you actually, some rituals, and for example, in the Temple of Dendara, when mm -hmm. you see the actual ritual all the way to the, um, I would say, the naos or the, say, or the shrine of the, of the bodies, on the walls, it's actually clearly structured in a musical way. I mean, it was prob most probably sang, sung. Mm -hmm. And uh, therefore, one has to understand that of course, these rituals were sang, but what Michel did is take this one step further in the sense that it's a, it is not an attempt to reconstruct ancient Egyptian music. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an attempt to vocalize ancient Egyptian within the context of his own music. But that explains better than I would, of course, because of the auditors must understand that there's in no way an attempt to recreate ancient Egyptian music as it was. Mm -hmm. It's not because you have no partitions there. We have indication in the Coptic music, which very few mm -hmm. people know about. Uh, mm -hmm. There are Coptic notation systems for music. 
but you will not, uh, when you listen to Nemuer, you do not listen to ancient Egyptian music, but you listen to music inspired. Yeah. But then again, that's for Michel to explain yeah. better than. Yeah, I, I agree. And, uh, but I wanted to add that there is, however, one track where we, uh, where I used a melody that actually is Coptic. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and that was incorporated to my work. Mm-hmm. But uh, like uh, Christian said, it is my music and it is inspired by what to me certain themes evoke. So it's it's work of art more than uh, like historical reconstruction, of course. Sure, of course. But we used certain musical instruments that are pretty much authentic, I think. Mm-hmm. Some authentic instruments completely, some partly authentic and some modern as well. So it's uh, blending ancient with modern. Okay, first let me touch on what you just referenced. So of the 14 songs on the album, which ones follow a sort of a somewhat Coptic inspiration or direct melody and which ones are entirely your own conception? So you referenced a song that was based on Coptic. Which one was that? Only in the first track, actually, in the Anubis Embrace, there's this ancient horn being mm-hmm. blown and it was actually performed by a friend of mine from Norway. Mm-hmm. And that that was exactly as Copts, uh, as close to the melody as possible. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's not like the core melody of the whole track, but it appears there as uh, as a side melody. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this question is for both of you. When it comes to the actual adaptation of the vocalized Egyptian, as Dr. Tavatavan can explain it in writing or in uh, direct speaking, and transforming that into music, how directly did you collaborate? Was it, you know, were you working together in a com- sort of a compositional composing manner or was it more that... I would like to explain that because uh, I think I've seen that firsthand. First, I want to, st- to say uh, that I was stupefied by the understanding that Michel had of the methodology I had developed. I mean, this is really, I mean, to say this is really staggering. Despite the fact that he's not a trained Egyptologist, the, the point to which he got not only of the ancient Egyptian language and understanding the new methodology I had developed, which is very specific, you need to understand mm. how it, he got it perfectly well and was starting to vocalize words, even I didn't vocalize myself using the same methodology. But then at one point he got stuck because there are, vocalizing the Book of the Dead is, is a complex thing. I mean, he went as far as he could with using the dictionaries as is. But then I had to, at that point, he said, could you help finishing uh, what I have done? And as I said, I realized he had gone so far. That I was so impressed that mm-hmm. I actually thought, no, I'm going to help you finish it. And so every chapter I reviewed and where there were interrogation questions, issues, I just went over them. It was not complicated at all, as a matter of fact, to resolve uh, uh, those issues to the point then within a matter of few weeks, I would say, because I didn't do it continuously or a few days, I was sure. able to, um, we, we, he shared the document on Google Docs, I think, or you know, mm-hmm. something like that. And then I literally filled the gaps and that was that. And after that, he took the text and put it in music and created this extraordinary creation, really, because for my part, I've never heard of music like this. And this is when I, the people around me, when they listen to it, they go, wow, what is this? It's unheard of as sound beyond the vocalizing. The vocalizing, as I said to Michel, I told him several times, he used a 
whispering uh, tone mm. create an air mystery. Sometimes I wish the vocalization would have been more open, <laughs> like open mouth. And But it, he's the artist, and in the end, sure. it's his creation, yes. and I respect that. Michelle, do you have anything to add to that description? Yeah, well, first of all, I, I need to thank you so much, Christian, for helping me with this, because without you, it wouldn't be possible. And then I, I just wanted to add that when I actually got to the stage where I didn't know how to continue, like Christian said, he told me, I will help you, <laughs> but you need to give me the original hieroglyphic text. And so I was both happy and dismayed at the same time, <laughs> mm -hmm. because at the time I worked only with the transliteration I had, mm. and I didn't have the original text. So then like the, the most difficult part for me followed because I had to go through the original papyri and <laughs> actually with my very limited uh, knowledge of hieroglyphics. <laughs> But I managed, yeah. and I'm glad that yes, it's worked yes, out. It, did. it was amazing. I mean, you, I don't know how your brain functions, but it's <laughs> incredible to be able to extract hieratic versions of ancient Egyptian hieroglyph and send them to me. And, and basically, thank God the papyrus was, the hieratic was clean enough for me <laughs> to understand really because I'm not a hieratic specialist at all. And then it did work. And then that's simple. Of course, the, the, it's not like there are so many chapters to which are from, you know, vocalized in the, and, and put in music, thank God, because the, the, the Book of the Dead of the Book of Coming Forth into Light is a, a, is a rather long piece of literature. So, but so, yeah. That, is, that was going to be my next question is you have 14 songs. On average, you, you tend to run maybe six lines of actual ancient Egyptian within each song on average. Obviously, that's a lot of work in itself. But a, a classic Book of the Dead can run 50, 60 meters long in some of the extreme cases. So at the conceptual stage, how did you go about choosing which chapters you wanted to turn into songs and then which passages from those chapters you felt were most appropriate for the compositions? How did you do that editing? Yeah, well, it was a complex process. Well, first, I spent several years um, studying the themes and mythology and uh, just really delving into it and uh, trying to fully understand, or at least as we are able to understand, what could be the best synthesis of mm. uh, something like that, which, of course, like you, you both said, it's insane. It's uh, just like a huge mass of text. But I noticed that certain themes were more frequent and more important. I also consulted it with the Czech Egyptologist at the time, Associate Professor Irianak, who also, also helped me with some references. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I actually had to take into consideration the sound. And it was actually, you know, usable for singing and uh, <laughs> And then uh, what I had, I actually had much more text than eventually, than in the end made it to the album. But I had to do intersection with the vocalized vocabulary of Christian. Mm. So I actually, I, I had to choose uh, passages that were most likely to be uh, reconstructed the best. There were certain passages where I just didn't have uh, a clue or there was just too many words that uh, were missing. So I had to cut that and choose only the best. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very good. And Dr. Devatavan, did you have any input or recommendations on sections you thought might be particularly worth exploring or performing, or was it purely driven by Michelle and you just edited and yeah. assisted? No, I just uh, went along. That is, uh, what he proposed for this to, to put in music, mm -hmm. I, I helped finish. And mm -hmm. you have to remember that at the time when we started, and when he, when he asked me to help, I was actually finishing the second edition of the Vocalized mm -hmm. Dictionary. And I think this is important also for your auditors. The book was put, was printed as a hardback initially before, that was in December 2022 and January uh, 2023. But I had promised Egyptian authorities that for May 1st, I would put it as a PDF in open source on my academia.edu account. Mm -hmm. So anybody can download it for free. And mm -hmm. why I did that is because I think it is my, you know, sometimes you have to give something away in this life. You have to mm -hmm. make a contribution that is for everybody. I thought it Certainly. was too important to keep for myself only. And there we are. Uh, so, yeah, uh, at that when he asked me, I was finishing this. I was quite tired, actually. I was very tired. And I, I asked him, listen, let's do this just after Christmas <laughs> so that I have more time to devote my mind to, to, to it. Because we read the second edition is very different from the first. And I'm still stupefied that people download the first edition. I mean, this week again, there was 25. I, I put a, a, a mark saying, do not download unless it's really necessary. <laughs> still download it for some reason that I don't really understand. But the second edition is much better. It, and also it incorporates the discovery I had made the previous September. That is, we were on the Nile with my wife uh, going on the Diabea. And as we were about to board, we visited the Temple of Esna. And then mm -hmm. there was this cartouche I could not read. And I discovered that it was, it was the title Autocrator in Latin, uh, written in ancient Egyptian signs with the one of the diphthongs I had discovered six years before, AU, written. And then the next day, Edfu, we discovered the name of Arsinoe, with another diphthong I had discovered six years so, uh, before. So when I went back, well, I, uh, first I wrote a, a letter to every a great number of Egyptologists in this, across the planet, and the first one to answer was Professor Richard Wilkinson from the uh, United States, who is not an epigraphist, he's not a linguist, he, can, he cannot support, he cannot publicly endorse it. But he actually told the Egyptian, this is extraordinary, he replied within 20 minutes saying, I know Christian's work, I followed it for years, and this is just amazing. And then there were other people whose name I will not mention because they have not come out openly to say this is amazing. But basically, when I got back to London, I looked for more cartouches with the names of emperors. And, and there you had many, Othon, Augustus, I mean, all sorts of names which uses those diphthongs. Now, now of mm -hmm. course, the community, Egyptology, has a hard time actually understanding it. But I have seen the three of the greatest names of ancient Egyptian language come to my academia, a.edu account the past few weeks, three times each. So I don't know what they're doing with dictionary, and I can't mention their name, but they're doing something. And I'm waiting for people, to uh, colleagues, to understand and realize that those diphthongs exist before getting into understanding whether the reconstructions, um, the vocalized reconstruction are, are good or not. But as I said, everything is basically theoretical at that stage. Mm -hmm. It's such a leap that we need to understand and the, the you know professional need to understand how it works before even getting into reconstruct revocalizing. But it's it's gonna be a task, it's gonna take several decades before we can fully vocalize ancient Egyptian. For the time mm -hmm. being, there is about seventeen hundred 
words, which allows you already to translate about 95% of the of uh, ancient Egyptian inscriptions and and most texts, you know, in, for the greatest part. But there is 20, about 25,000 words in ancient Egyptian. So imagine vocalizing all these words with and with certainty is going to take time. And hopefully AI will come in and perhaps help even establish better the difference mm-hmm. of ancient Egyptian diagrams. So this is Absolutely. where we are now. So the future is quite bright for linguistic studies. Michel, do you, first of all, if if Dr. Devartavan is right, and you know the next 10, 20 years sees a massive increase in our understanding of vocalization, do you think you might like to revisit other ancient Egyptian texts, funerary or uh, religious, for new concepts? Has that has that come into your head at all um, since you released the album, or are you you want to pursue something else for now? Well, for now, I would like to, uh, like I said uh, before just follow my plan and uh, devote each album to a different civilization. Mm-hmm. But uh, I am actually planning doing something like a collaboration album, which would be like a cut through different uh, civilizations, mm-hmm. something like a compilation. So maybe for for that one, mm-hmm. <laughs> there will be at least one more song. Oh, very uh, good. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Well, that uh, covers all of the questions I had about the composition, editing, um, and vocalization. Is there anything in particular either of you would like to discuss before we finish? Well, Michel, do you want to, to go ahead? Yeah. I, I think all the important things were said. We'll let the music Thank speak for itself. Work. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's oh. best, I think. Anything from you, Dr. Devatavan? Well, as I said, I mean, the idea is, as you said, you were going probably, you're probably going to play some of the tracks, mm-hmm. you know, that Emir has created. And I can only say to the auditors, listen and also look into, if you're interested in ancient Egypt, this extraordinary civilization, then go further uh, with mm-hmm. the, uh, the dictionary I created and, the, you know, the look at how Egyptology develops. I mean, there's so many discoveries. Uh, you see, um, someone has calculated it was in a book called Egyptology Today. It was published in 2008. And I think there's a mention that if we put all specialists, all Egyptologists on a permanent basis in Egypt, excavating on a full time, that is, which is not the case because seasons are usually a few weeks or a few months, it would take 600 years to excavate what we can already see with uh, Google satellite. <laughs> so uh, you know, there would be 600 years of excavation. That's on the basis of what we know. So sure. Egypt has a lot to reveal uh, yes. yet, and uh, it's what makes it uh, fascinating. It's a never-ending story, really. Very good, and music plays that plays a part in that, especially for the public coming actually, into it for the first time. Actually, there's one thing I would like to add because it might not be so obvious for the listeners, and it's that the album it's not only a composition, but we also perform it live uh, <laughs> with the band. And at our concerts, we also reconstruct the rituals, which is also based on research. And so I, I believe it gives another dimension to the listeners as well. Very good. Do you have any online videos of one of these performances that I can share with the audience? Uh, not yet. But or we do you are have a recording working... that you might be willing to share? <laughs> um, not not at we'll this see. moment, but sure. uh, we do have the music video, which is actually a preview of a film that we are working mm-hmm. on, and it's the similar thing. Of mm-hmm. course, it's not the same as you experience it physically, 
alive. Mm -hmm. But what we want to do with the film is give the visual visual aspects to the book of the dead as well with our with the collaboration with serial painter. Mm -hmm. But also to reconstruct the rituals, uh, you will witness certain rituals like 5,000 years old reconstructed as part of the film. Very good. I will include links in the episode description to your social media and website so that if they want to find it, they'll be able to do that easily. So, Michelle, Dr. Devatavan, thank you very much for coming on to speak about this very interesting and unusual project. Personally, I think it's been fascinating to hear, especially about the marriage between scholarly linguistics and musical composition. And I'm sure that my audience will greatly appreciate coming to the album with a deeper understanding of what you were both trying to achieve with your respective fields. So thank you very much for joining the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you. My thanks to Michelle Zahn and Dr. Christian Devatovan for joining me for this discussion. I hope you've enjoyed this interview exploring a musicalized version of the Book of the Dead, which incorporates a new vocalized form of ancient Egyptian. If you would like to learn more about the band Nemwer or the work of Dr. Devatovan, you can find links in the episode's description. For now, we will close out this bonus episode. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you soon. Next up, the return of Seti I and the resumption of our narrative. Mm-hmm.